Overboard, episode one of a show to be named later. Why don't we start there? Why this name? What does this name mean? Why is this the name of a show? And the easy answer is if you've listened here on ESPN Radio Syracuse, you know I am a baseball nerd. And one of the weirdest, funniest, quirkiest things I think about baseball is this idea that you can just complete trades without knowing who's in them. And you could trade them for like a player to be named later. And you could say, you know what? I know you want this guy. We know we want this guy. We can't figure out that last part. So we'll figure it out later. So I was trying to figure out a name for the podcast and decided, you know what? I, I don't really know what I want it to be. So I'll just figure it out later. And there you go. A show to be named later. So this is episode one. Maybe we'll have a name of the show by the next time uh, we do a podcast. We're going to do this all summer long and and keep this thing going throughout the year. A show to be named later. Uh, Seth Goldberg with you, as as I'm sure you know by now. You clicked on the link. You downloaded the podcast. But with that being said, today we'll talk Cavs Warriors. We'll talk about the Stanley Cup. We'll bring in some guests over the course of, of the summer and the show. And that'll start this week with Will Kane from ESPN. We'll have him on a podcast later on this week, and we'll do that, you know, the same way we would do Orange Nation or On the Block or any other show that you listen to on ESPN Syracuse. We'll do it the exact same way. We'll be talking sports. We'll get your input on Twitter. We'll hear from guests, and we'll keep it rolling as long as we want to keep it rolling here on a show to be named later. As I mentioned, let's start with that NBA Finals game last night and some takeaways from it because... I look at the Cavaliers and the Warriors, and and you knew that this series had the potential to be ugly, right? Like, you knew this series had the potential to to get out of hand relatively quickly. And we got our fun game, right? We got our one really fun game, and that was game one. It was awesome. It was a great game right down to the final buzzer, right? And J.R. Smith runs the wrong way, and George Hill is missing free throws, and the game goes to overtime. It was a great game. It really was. And then we got game two. Right, and then we got game two, where shots are just falling. You never felt like the Cavaliers had much of a shot. They were never really in the game. They were never really out of it, but they were never really in it. The Warriors played well for like a 10 to 12 minute stretch early on, and that was it. They won. They did enough. That's exactly what it felt like. The Warriors just had this ability to beat them. Be better. Even if they weren't at 100%, even if they weren't playing, you know, at at their highest potential, they've just got this ability to be better than the other teams on the court. And that could be said for what all but one other NBA team this year. The Warriors are better than anybody else, no matter what effort level or 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 kind of energy level they're playing at. And I think that the only other team that we saw they can get challenged by is the Houston Rockets. And they managed to make it past the Houston Rockets. And here we are. We're in this NBA Finals that lacks con- any kind of competitiveness, that... That through two games, you've seen when the Warriors turn it on, when the Warriors start hitting shots, that's it. 
And Michael Wilbon said this last night on SportsCenter, and I couldn't agree with this statement more. When the Warriors get on, when the Warriors start making their shots, it feels like there's nothing you can do. And last night, the Cavaliers got close a couple times, but it didn't really matter because then the Warriors hit a shot. He can kill a defense by himself, even if things weren't going all that well. 11 for 26 is not a great shooting night. But 9 for 17 on threes is just a, a great shooting explosion, and it's all he needs to really sort of humiliate opponents. That's what Steph Curry does. And on a night where Durant and Curry are shooting that well, and then Klay Thompson on a bum ankle plays 34 minutes and shoots 8 for 13. There's no stopping the Warriors when they're doing that, but it's still... Steph Curry leading the way when he hits those kinds of threes in a semi-close game. Every time Cleveland hit a shot, you mentioned, you heard mention of LeBron James hitting the three and Curry coming right back and nailing a three. That's what just sort of makes teams wilt defensively, particularly here in Oracle. Doesn't that explain what happened last night? Doesn't that absolutely wrap up last night's game in a nutshell? Steph Curry went off. Steph Curry had that this fantastic game, was hitting all kinds of insane circus shots that don't seem possible. Shot clock winding down. Curry's going to have to put it up, launches it up. Shot clock. Oh, he knocks it down. Steph Curry with the shot clock expiring. Including that one over Kevin Love where he's kind of sort of back to the basket, turn around, toss it up, and you, you it just kind of happens, right? It just kind of goes down. And it feels like he did that multiple times it feels like Steph did that last night a couple of times where you thought he had no shot of getting a ball towards the rim yet there there it was not only getting near the basket but going in and it felt like every single time the Cavaliers came at them with something right anytime LeBron made some kind of a run anytime Kevin Love made a shot the Warriors had an answer. Steph would make a play on the other end. Kevin Durant would go make a basket. Clay Thompson on that uh, fast break run out where he just stops and pops a three from the right wing. Anytime they tried to do anything, there was an answer. And it leads me to this question, and it leads me to this thought of... Is this series over? Is there anything the Cavaliers can do to not only win a game, not only win this series, but to even make it interesting? Like, is there anything the Cavaliers can do to make this series interesting at all? And I can't help but think the answer to that question is no. I can't help but think this series is over. And the only thing that's left is two things. Seeing if the Warriors can, in fact, finish off a sweep, which they did not last year, despite being, you know, the better team. And seeing if it's possible for a player to win the finals MVP while their team gets swept. And I'm not sure whether either of those is possible. But the Warriors completing the sweep seems more realistic. Given that LeBron James didn't win the NBA Finals MVP when he should have back in 2015 on a, on a team that lost. I don't see how he would win it this year, even though his numbers are just going to be absolutely off the charts. He goes for 51-8-8 eight eight in Game 1. We knew that, right? We, we saw that, and that was a phenomenal performance. 
And I think that it did something to us, to me, to, to the collective sports fan, to the collective sports media here. And this has happened throughout the playoffs, by the way, not just in this NBA Finals. But last night, LeBron goes for 29-13-9. and And what do we do? Eh, it was an all right game. It was a good game. I guess he played well. We just kind of shrug it off, right? We just kind of look at that game and you're like, oh, it's an all right game. Last night's game was incredible for LeBron James. He again put his team on his back. But he had absolutely no chance. Absolutely no chance. As Brian Windhorst explains here, they just couldn't get everybody else going. It just wasn't there. You know, I was really watching the huddles with LeBron because the Warriors changed a lot in their game plan in this game. Not just their starting lineup and their offensive strategy, but their defensive strategy. They were picking LeBron up full court. They were double teaming him. They were forcing the ball out of his hands. Essentially, Kenny, what they were doing is saying, we don't believe your teammates can uh, can beat us, and they, they were right tonight. And in the huddles, LeBron was really engaged, trying to get his teammates to move off the ball, to make countermeasures. He was really trying to rally them, and as the game went on, I just watched him get more and more defeated because his team wasn't keeping up with the countermeasures and Curry just kept hitting the threes and that's something that you fight against the Warriors is you know you when you play them on a night where they're awesome which the Cavs have many times I mean it's another reason why game one hurts so much because when you have an opportunity you have to get it because you have nights like tonight and I think that last point is really interesting that Brian Winhorst makes because the Warriors were fantastic right the Cavaliers played all right They ended up over 100 points. A lot of those came in garbage time. You know, the last 15-ish points came in garbage time. They were fine. Their offense was good, but they had nothing defensively. And they had Steph hitting impossible shot after impossible shot and Klay Thompson going down and making fast-break three-pointers and Kevin Durant doing what Kevin Durant does. And if you look at the game last night, you look at JaVale McGee and Sean Livingston who both had phenomenal games. McGee didn't miss a shot. Livingston didn't miss a shot. And they both get into double figures. So what are you supposed to do when JaVale McGee and Sean Livingston go 11 for 11 with 22 combined points? When Steph is hitting half of his three-pointers? What are you supposed to do against that? I'm not quite sure. And I think that's what Brian Windhorst is saying there at the end. You're trying to get this team interested. You're trying to get this team motivated. But there's just not all that much you can do, right? There's just not all that much you can really do to make this matchup more fair. And that's why the blunder by J.R. Smith stands out. That's why the missed free throw by George Hill stands out even more. Because you had a chance, right? You had a chance to knock off Goliath. You had a chance to knock them down a peg. To make it known that you could beat them. Right? That they are human. And on a night where maybe the Warriors weren't playing at their best, weren't at their highest energy level, weren't fully engaged even in the NBA Finals, you couldn't beat them. You couldn't get the better of them because of some unforced mental errors at the end. 
And I think that after watching last night's game, the Cavaliers, Cavaliers fans, players, coaches, whoever it may be, can only be more disappointed in game one than they were after that game last week. Right? You can only be more disappointed after you see what happens when the Warriors were on. When you see what happens when you go up against that buzzsaw and you're helpless and you're lost and you're searching for whatever it is that you need. That's when you realize how close you were. That's when you realize what you had right in the palm of your hands and let slip away. Yeah, you know it's tough to beat this Warriors team. You played them last year. You know how good they are. But do you know how tough it is to beat them until you've had one of those wins slip away? Until you had victory right in your hands. You could feel it. You could feel a 1-0 series lead. A win on the road in a place that is historically difficult to play in. Especially in the playoffs. And you let it slip away because of a missed free throw. Because your player didn't know the score. And then you came out flat in overtime. And we knew that feeling last week. But after the game on Sunday night, it feels like it gets accentuated a little bit. Right? Feels like it gets bumped up a notch. So I'm not sure if there's anything left in this series to watch other than can the Cavaliers win a game? And can LeBron James win the MVP? It feels like, rightfully, this series will turn into the coronation of the Warriors that it it always felt like it should be. Right? It feels like it's going to turn into this celebration of the Warriors and three wins in four years and the style of basketball they play and the type of basketball they play with the ball movement and the back cuts and the three-pointers and changing the game and whatever you want to say. But it feels like these next two games are going to turn into that, much more so than, well, can the can the Cavaliers win a game? Does LeBron have a shot? Because I think we all know the answer to that question is no. I think we all know the answer to that question is no, absolutely not. LeBron James cannot win this series. The Cavaliers cannot win this series. Not against this Warriors team, even if... The Warriors are not, how do we put this the right way, fully engaged as they've shown they can be at times. Let's wrap it up there. First episode of a show to be named later. We'll put this out around noon every day. Stay with us on ESPNSyracuse.com. Check out the iTunes feed, ESPN Syracuse on iTunes. Subscribe, get podcasts to to this Daniel Baldwin show on the block with Brent Axe, Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and I when we come back in August. And as I said at the beginning, it's a show to be named later. Maybe we'll have a name by the time the next one gets going. Talk to you then.